0: Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington.
1: And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. It's
0: always so much more exciting when you say it. <laughs>
1: I, I'm always uh, interested to see your reaction. Um, you know, the, I, just you like, I just try to hold it back.
0: I just try to hold
1: it back. You just kind of you just shook your head. I like bite my <laughs> lip
0: and my gums on the inside, <laughs> so I don't like. Yeah.
1: But when I don't do it, you get mad at me. That's true. I, you know, you have to do it. So how you been? <laughs> oh man, it's been a weird week. I we didn't even talk uh, about this. Um, I have. We have family members. Uh, I have a, a niece who's in the hospital right now. Um, they don't know what's going on with her. It's not COVID. Uh, it's some weird... Uh, it's either a weird virus or something they can't figure out. She huh. can't keep anything down. She's cramping. She she couldn't feel her arms and legs. Uh, she's, she's in Hawaii, and she's not like near one of the main cities. So that's, I have that going on. So I pray for Lexi, everybody, if you think about her. Um uh, and just different things in the church body uh, with people uh, you know it's it's um, it's one of those seasons where just you know a lot of sickness and people in the hospital and at the same time there's a lot of good things happening too um, you know we're just seeing a lot of people inside our church body um, a lot of good things um, uh, people coming to church uh, learning growing uh, open to hearing the word Um that's where my mind always goes when you ask that question is like how is you know how is the church body doing i don't don't know It's, it's an extended family you know what i mean um so yeah that's what's happening here and and also um allegedly we're going on lockdown right i don't know what's happening in your state but my state is uh um that's, that's the that's the rumor. The rumor is uh, that things are going to be shutting down for a few weeks. I don't know if this is going to change anything I'm doing, um, but uh, that's what's happening here. How about you?
0: Um, yeah, we've just, I feel, feel like we have been running and running and running and running and running. Uh, it's been good. So many good things happening. Like we have our annual meeting at our church this Sunday and man I'm so excited about it not just for like uh, the budget and the affirming of the elders and where we're going and what that looks like going into 2021 but we spent uh, we spent some time yesterday at our nope two days ago Wednesday at our elders meeting and we just walked through hey what are some things that we praise God for over 2020. And we just came up with a list of like twenty things, and it was amazing of just how God has worked in our church uh, throughout this last year. You know, I think I think our gut reaction is just like, man, twenty twenty is terrible. Can't wait to twenty twenty one. Let's just like all put like the <laughs> skip button. But man, when we just paused and we said, okay, what did God do? How did it work when we um, when we went into you know we. We stopped meeting for a small period of time. What did that look like? How did our church, uh, you know, do with unity and communication? How has our church done in relation to just all the division and the politics yeah. that have been happening and just seeing the groundedness of our church? I um, mean, we're just full of praise and it's all because of God's grace and mercy. Um, nothing because of our skills or abilities or leadership and so that was just really neat and so I look really forward to Sunday night where we're just going and we're just highlighting uh, what God is doing so yeah uh, and then you know just tons of things tons of tons of meeting with people uh, while most of I say most of our meetings are good there are some people who um, man they're struggling and you can yeah. definitely see how the anger within in the culture has pervaded within their hearts and mm-hmm. just trying to wrestle with that with them and that's been that's been interesting, it's been challenging um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at uh, kids are doing good uh, you know, our kids are, are going to school, they're in a private school so they have Fridays okay. off I don't know why uh, but they have Fridays <laughs> off but this week <laughs> Man, this week uh, they had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. Uh, I get Veterans Day. I'm not sure really why they had Thursday off, also. Uh, but you know what? To be a kid right now is awesome. <laughs> like,
1: school's not too hard. Yeah, my my kids. Uh, for some reason, our private school doesn't give Veterans Day off. My and my wife is a ed- public educator, so yeah. she had Wednesday off. Thought that was. Wonderful, Loved it. Um, and which, by the way, we do honor you veterans. We thank you for um, your service. Thank you for serving our country that we actually, I mean, it, it, that we have the freedom, you know, to, yeah. to worship. Um, uh, and we live in a country that uh, for now is free, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we, we, we just we honor you. Um, but, yeah, my, my kids um, are in school. Uh, and they have this weird schedule where they're in school either for an hour a day or an hour and 15 minutes or two hours a day for the for Josiah twice a week um yeah i don't know man i, I th- there's parts that they like about it and there's parts they don't oh, I mean, yeah. they, they, I, my kids they need they need that social interaction um and to a greater degree for certain um are, are your kids in school full day or just part day full or what day. is it yeah, oh, we're dude. in there full day. So, no, the, wow. the
0: social interaction has been great. Um, I, I mean, when I say the kids are loving school right now, uh, I think that they're loving the interaction. They love the time off that they get. And, I mean, I think we're totally going to pay for it, like, in, like, 15 years, uh, 20 years when this COVID <laughs> generation is getting a job. And they're like, well, you – you want me to work how long? Do I get Fridays off also? And Can I work from home? Yeah, oh man, well, I think that's just a new reality in our world anyways. Yeah, All is. right, wait.
1: Well, hey. It is. We can, Let's get into this. I'm sure
0: we can ramble, um, and everyone tunes in for the rambling. Oh, by the way,
1: bro, bro, bro. What? we're what? back.
0: <laughs> we're back again. Bro, we Again, <laughs> Well, we've been back. It's, it's, like, we, it's like, uh oh, man, Marshawn Lynch, he, he retires, and then he joins another football team, so then he can retire again, and we came back at the beginning of 2020. In fact, we started off, I went back and looked at this. it. We started off with a kickoff on Sermon on the Mount, and yeah. then we we disappeared, and then we came back, and then we disappeared, and, and now we're but back. This
1: wasn't... This wasn't like a retirement disappear. This was like, okay, just things got hectic. Let's just be – I mean, I, I don't feel like we, we've been – this isn't Marshawn Lynch or even Michael Jordan, for that matter, <laughs> who then went to baseball. This is this is more like, hey, you know, stuff happened, um, and we still had the intent. I mean, we've been talking about podcasting again for – I mean, not again, but podcasting, doing this podcast for a month now. (laughs) Well, you know, longer than that even, but it's just, yeah. Uh,
0: But it's good. It's good. We're going to try to be back a little more regular now. Uh, We love getting together again. We love talking Mm -hmm. about what it is to be satisfied in Christ. And so what we're going to do is we're going to resume (laughs) the series. We started back in January where we did a kickoff. And you know what? I'm actually really glad we didn't keep going at that time, because what we're going to do is we're going to kick off on Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to look at the whole Sermon on the Mount, and we're just going to make our way through it over the next you know X amount of weeks. Uh, but the Sermon on the Mount. When I mean, you think about it, right now in our society, in our culture, there's division, yeah. there's chaos. Yeah. Republicans and Democrats are more divided than ever. Racism has risen again to the surface, and it is not wanting to sink back down out of sight. Um, I think there's so many people in the church were wrestling with how do we respond? What do we do? How do we not get sucked into like the vortex of the chaos that surrounds us? How do we act? How do we think? How do we live differently? And that's Mm -hmm. all the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, everything about the Sermon on the Mount is is what it is to be a citizen of God's kingdom. And so I'm really glad that we're doing this now because I think it would have been good in January. Um, But I think just because of where culture has been um, or where it has gone and where we're at now, I think as we walk through it, it's going to be even more relevant and it's going to be even more helpful. I think the Spirit is just... Guided us for this time, so I'm excited. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and I would just add on that. I mean, I think it, it, this is a reminder that we are we are kingdom citizens, not just first. We are kingdom citizens, ma- mainly, primarily, only, and we just we are exiles that live here in America. I, I mean, I I love my country. I'm glad that I live here, but but Jesus is my king. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter which political party yeah. is ruling. Uh, we are kingdom citizens, whether we're here or in China or India or Russia or Bangladesh or I mean, you just you pick whatever country that 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 exists that might have an impressive government towards Christianity. And Jesus is still king and he still has kingdom citizens there. And so he's calling us to live the same way. Uh, and be ambassador be be an emissary as a church. You know, I I began I kicked off services past week with that. Like we we are, we, we are an emissary of a foreign kingdom living here in the United States. Yeah, um, that's good. So so let's talk about that.
0: Well, I like how you you just kind of started with that. Um, I was looking just at some scripture earlier. Yeah, Second Corinthians five twenty. We're ambassadors here on earth. We we represent our king. Uh, Peter talks about how that we're exiles here on earth. Uh, Paul says in Colossians 1.13, we've been delivered from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of yeah. his beloved son. So we really yeah. got to understand that when we come to the gospel, we're not just, I mean, the, the, I, when we look at salvation, we're looking at a complete new identity, a complete mm-hmm. transformation. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. Yes. In fact, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, which we'll kind of get into, uh, you know, it be, the kingdom of heaven like pervades yes.
1: uh,
0: the Sermon on the Mount. It not only it not only brackets the beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and blessed are those who are persecuted for their's is the kingdom of heaven, but also if you go all the way, I think it's uh, Matthew 7, 21 7:21ish. I have I have 14
1: no, As, if you go to seven, be the, 721. Uh,
0: 721? I think that's the last one.
1: Let me see. Does it finish, finish there too? Yeah, because he says... I'm
0: scrolling through my Lagos right now. Uh, not everyone who <laughs> says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the oh, kingdom Lord. of heaven, but the one yes. who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Um, yes. And so... I mean, when we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount from very beginning to end, everything is about the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And so uh, I think what we've kind of decided is we're going to walk through just kind of a few passages, few verses uh, each week, and yeah. we're going to spend the first couple yeah. weeks just walking
1: through uh, some of the Beatitudes. Hey, can I throw one more thing to the fire on that? Do it, man. Um, I, we, we also need to recognize, now part of, um, let's just be honest, we're... The reason why we're going here is we're combating nationalism. At least that, that's that's one of my main goals. And and again, not that I don't love America. I love America. I love that I'm here and then part of this nation. But but we belong first to the kingdom of God. Um, think of Jesus. Think of the Jews of the day. They were they were they were nationalists. They wanted the Messiah to come and overthrow the Romans. So here they're, you know, depending on their expectation, the expectation of the Jews in, in large part was a Messiah who would come and and be, come on a war horse, right? And come and, and build up the strong and draw the strong to himself and cast the Romans out. And Jesus begins in a completely Opposite direction, <laughs> as far as who, who, to whom the kingdom belongs. Yeah, uh, it's it's phenomenal. It is counterculture. It is it is upside down from the way the world thinks. Um, That's good. So let's jump in, man. That's good let's because
0: you know there are not only Jews, you know, two thousand years ago, but there are Christians today. Who they view the rise or fall of America as the rise or fall of the kingdom of God.
1: Of Christendom, yeah. And yeah. we just
0: need to say hold on, that has never been the picture. But. Yeah. The kingdom of God will reign and stand for all of eternity when America has burned for many, many, many millions of years. (laughs) You know, the the kingdom of God will never, ever cease. Uh, I mean, first or what? second Peter talks about this whole world being burned up, rolled up. uh, Yeah. But the kingdom of God will continue. And so we start out with Jesus and we look back in January how how Jesus comes and he comes up onto the mountain and there's this fulfillment idea. There's this idea he's you know the greater Moses giving the greater law, forming the people of God. And so you can kinda of, uh if anyone missed that you can kinda of go back and jump in the January one that we did. <laughs> uh but here we have we have Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those yeah. who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Um, yeah. I, think, I think we're just going to start there today and look at these, these two Beatitudes. Um, Bobby, you want to help us out? And Yeah. And
1: yeah. Why well, are these so I,
0: significant?
1: Well, if, I want to start in Isaiah 61. Is that all right? Yeah. I, I don't know when you wanted to get there. Um, I want to be there just, right now. Right now, right now. So if you look at the biblical theology of this, um, because if God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his, his message, his gospel message is unchanging, right? Like the same uh, um, faith that saved us is that faith that saved Abraham. Right? Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. Uh, so, so I think one thing we should ask anytime we, we, we see um, uh, something significant in scriptures. Okay, is there is there a, a biblical theological thread here? And is there any place in the Old Testament that would allude to uh, what we're reading now? Um, here's from uh, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Which, by the way, Jesus also read this in Luke 4 uh, in, the, in the temple. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, with the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so you, you see, just even in this passage here, the Lord is proclaiming good news, gospel to the poor. And, and and the poor in spirit, I would say. If you see the next sentence, he's sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So it gives context to what kind of poor we're talking about here. And that's not to say that the physical poor aren't, you know, one of the um, one of the uh, primary audiences, I guess, uh, uh, in this. I, th- I think there's there's just some truth to that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but you see, he was sent to comfort those who mourn. Right, which we see, verse four: Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Right, Uh, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, uh, gladness instead of mourning. Uh, So he turns that mourning into dancing. We see other places, and and then and then he says this, which we get there, um, verse six. So just just to show how this goes in progression, uh, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, right? Verse six in Matthew uh, chapter five: Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So you see this parallel, at least at least for the poor and those who mourn. Uh, that I think we have to acknowledge as as we go into the beatitudes, that Jesus is is not proclaiming anything that he hasn't already proclaimed in the old testament i mean he, the, the bible's so wonderfully consistent uh wonderfully consistent as, as to its message as to uh, who god is as to who we are and who we're called to be um so so as we look at uh the, the beatitudes we we have to understand that there is there is um what's the word i'm looking for I'm not something help happens you. Ah, don't do that! Don't do that! Help me! Help me! Like help me! The, help the typology me. of it, uh, like there's, the, there's the, the type of precedent, just precedent. Yeah. There's precedent. There's precedent in 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 what he's saying, um, because God's spirit, you know, because God is the same.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: he's good. He, he's he's been revealing, progressively revealing his message, right, his gospel um, to his people for generations. Uh, so when we get to blessed are the poor in spirit. Now now let's let, let's go there. Well, okay so before, what is it in-
0: before you? Like I just want to jump in. You know when it, when I was looking at this back in January and then just kind of reminding myself for the last couple of days as we were looking at Sermon on the Mount. Jesus doesn't define kingdom of heaven. Mm. Matthew chapter 4, he just walks in and he said well, he's coming yeah. declaring the kingdom of heaven. And when he gets to poor in spirit he doesn't define poor in spirit. He didn't define, you know, like he just speaks on this. And so what I think one thing we need to realize is when the New Testament isn't then defining something, what it's doing is it's building on like what you're saying. Yeah. It's taking yeah. themes that the audience would have already been aware of. Now, did they know the full meaning of it? Well, probably not, but they already knew and understood. So when Jesus starts coming and talking about the kingdom of heaven, they're not going who is this guy? Like, what is kingdom of heaven? Like, they're understanding the rule of God. They're understanding what it is to be the people of God. And so I think you're right. We just need to make sure as we read through the Bible that we realize it's always a story. It's always this grand meta-narrative. And we are just coming into different parts of it when we open up the book of Matthew or different parts. But there's always always something that came prior. And it always leads to the understanding. And that's why... Man, I, I, I am a devout and ardent supporter of, like, Bible reading plans. Uh, yeah. Be in the Bible, but all of the Bible, so that you're regularly just yeah. reminding yourself and seeing these threads that are in Scripture. Because if all you do is read the New Testament, um, you're not going to see these threads, which is... All right, I'll give you one, one little, like, pet peeve I have. Can I do that? Please do. I, I don't like New Testament Bibles.
1: That, like that, the ones that Gideon's ones? hand out,
0: like I don't like those. Now, I get what they're doing. They're just <laughs> trying to push the word out and get as much of it out as possible. And it's cheaper just to print the New Testament. But it's like, hey, here's really good news, but I'm not going to tell you the first half of the story or the first two-thirds of the story. So, anyways, uh, you know, I have an idea.
1: I'm going to call Gideon. Do it. And I'm gonna say I'm Nick Jackson, oh, man, and ask, give good. them give them your number, no, this is good. and and ask them to call you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and <laughs> All right, let's go. Blessed are
0: the poor okay. in spirit.
1: Yes. So the word yeah. blessed, I
0: mean it is it, it's it means the emphasis is more on divine approval than it is of like a a personal feeling. It refers to those it refers to those who are. Fortunate, who are blessed recipients of God's favor, of his grace. Um, yeah. and, and what's neat is, like, when you look at all these blessed, 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 all these things that Jesus is saying, man, I have come to give you favor and grace, none of them is about possessions. None of them uh-huh. is about wealth. Or a redistribution, which is kind of a big thing right now in, in our country, is this redistribution of wealth. But what we see is it's nothing about that here. It's solely about being in a relationship with God. Yeah. And then he goes into to poor in spirit. What did you uh, what did you find to be uh, well, just incredible about poor in spirit?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Um I mean, going just back to the word "blessed" real yeah. quick. I mean, just the the divine favor, like it has this idea, right, of a divine favor, this grace that's that's bestowed, um, and and the commentators that I w- had read is like the word "happy" doesn't sum it up well enough because it's too trite, you know, um, and so this this like full rich meaning of the word "blessed." Uh, We we need to understand is is um, just so much better, so much better than the temporal things that we can we we, that we seek after that that we long for. You know, Um, I I think we you know as um, C.S. Lewis had said, you know, we're happy playing in mud puddles. You know, uh, when a day at the beach is what's offered to us, like we, we don't really understand the fullness of the blessedness of being in the kingdom of God. Uh, and then when we get to the poor in spirit, we, we see this throughout the old Testament. Again, we have to look back to look forward. Um, and, and we see how God and his people, um, he proclaims salvation to the poor, um, to the broken hearted. And, and, um, as, as I'm looking at this and looking at what other commentators are saying, it's this idea of, Knowing you are so without resource that God is your only hope. Yeah. That yeah, and, and if you look at it in contrast to the world, um, it, it is the rich in the world who 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 aren't needy, who don't see themselves as needy, who actually think they're adding to the kingdom. I mean, haven't you heard the phrase, man, if this person could just get saved, that would, they would be just, man, this, is, and it's typically a rich person, a person of wealth or a person of status or a person of favor, as if they could add to God. Yeah. Now just think of what they could do for the kingdom. Man, the kingdom doesn't need them. Jesus does not need them. Uh, he sits in, he's enthroned in the heavens. The earth is his footstool. He has a cattle on a thousand hill. Uh, he, I mean, he's, he speaks galaxies into existence. Um, the, the king's heart is like waters in his hands. He raises up kingdoms. He tears them down. Jesus doesn't need the rich man. Yeah. But he, he offers blessedness to those who recognize really their wretchedness. It's the poor in spirit. It's those who recognize they have nothing to offer God. Yeah.
0: That's and so difficult.
1: it's good. It, well, yeah, it's, uh, but, but that's, that's who, and I, and I think, you know, as we'll get going, I, th- I think there's a progression here. Like this is the beginning of, of, of entrance into the kingdom.
0: Yeah, I would say it's it's, uh, it's the beginning and the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Like,
1: cause, or, or cause pervades. I know,
0: right. I know what you're saying, but I just wouldn't want to ever, I wouldn't want someone to listen to us and think it's only about how we get in, but it's, it's the attitude that we have all the time. Like I, I preached <laughs> yes. this last week yeah. and as I was wrestling with porn spirit earlier, I preached on, uh, John 15, which is the vine and the branches. And, And it talks about only as the branches are attached to the vine, connected to the vine, dependent upon the vine, can they bear fruit? Are they useful? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this idea of absolute dependency that you and I, that as Christians, we have on our King. And that's that's really what we have in poor in spirit is this idea of this absolute dependency. The only reason we have life, the only reason we have hope, the only reason that But we know, you know, that there is a a treasure that awaits us when Christ returns is is because Jesus is our king. It's because of all that he has done for us. It's because of the work he did on the cross. Uh, Yeah, I have a, uh, I wrote down Psalm 86 and because in in the Old Testament we have like the poor, the poor are often the physical poor, but what they do do is they represent a spiritual condition before yeah. God of neediness yeah. and I, and I think that's why especially Matthew he places the word poor in spirit and that in spirit modifies it because he's wanting us to see we're not talking just physical but he's wanting us to connect an old testament picture of those who were poor were those who were dependent upon God, because it was often the rich who took advantage of the poor. It was the rich who was not loving. It was the rich who, you know, were consumed with their power. And so like in Psalm 86, uh, the psalmist says, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding and steadfast love to all who call upon you. We just have this total dependence. And Sinclair Ferguson said, to be poor in spirit is to be, is, uh, are the bankrupt of this world. They know themselves to right. be so, and therefore they trust in their Lord as their only hope, protection, yeah. and deliverance. And I think, I think a danger is is that we forget that first word, the blessed. Because when I talk to Christians... I think we're tempted to think poor in spirit. Well, that that doesn't sound exciting. Or like when we get into mourn, those who mourn. Well, that doesn't sound exciting. What are we like? These these Christians who are just unhappy, sad. You know, we put ash on our head and stuff like that. Uh, But no, to be poor is to be full of joy because we understand the grace of God that's been given to us. And so to be poor in spirit, to be mourned, to be mourning over our sin... We're not talking about a a depressed emotional condition, but we're talking about a state of being, of understanding our dependence upon God, mm-hmm. of loving God, and in that there is great joy.
1: Well, I think I think also we, we need to recognize that the the reward is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So there's a there's a contrast in you know those who are who are poor now in the world are poor in spirit in the world, which is opposite what the world would say is good, right? I mean, yeah. when we see when we see the the you know even Psalm seventy three is the psalmist recounts like uh, even through, all throughout the psalms how the wicked. You know, are walk around and their their tongue struts through the earth. I mean, they're proud, they're boastful. There they're, they're, there seems to be no pangs in death. They have everything they need. They're they're self reliant, self dependent. What can God do to us? You know, um, their treasure is here on this earth, and it perishes with them. Yeah. And and here we see this blessedness for for those who who walk in humility, who know they're bankrupt who really recognize a greater treasure, the treasure of eternity, the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. And, and I, I, you know, just as I'm I'm processing this now is man, what, what do I repent of? I repent when I act on the belief that I have treasure here, that's greater than the treasure I have in heaven. Like yeah. it's it's I'm believing a different gospel at that point, right? So this idea of being poor in spirit or broken, you know, uh, the brokenhearted, right? Uh, the repentance as as we're drawing this idea of being poor in spirit towards repentance, um, it's this sweet sorrow of of knowing that okay, so while I'm here on the earth, I'm, I'm though I have a new heart, I'm a new creature. A new creation. I have this flesh that still yearns for earthly things, and so I'm repentant, or I'm mourning. I'm poor. I'm uh, I'm broken over this idea that I'm not completely redeemed yet. You know, um, uh, and and it is a sweet sorrow. Yeah. You know, it's a sweet sorrow when when you're able to repent over sin, or even just repent over the fact that you have these desires. Um, but the sweetness is knowing that, that you're redeemed, you're forgiven, and there is a reward that's far greater, and the reward is God himself in the kingdom of heaven. Um, it's
0: really that, that living by faith. You know, faith is always trusting in the promises of God and trusting that to be fully dependent upon him, we'll, we will enter into the kingdom of heaven you know, realizing that he has purchased our redemption, that he has paid the debt for our sins, that he has washed us clean. And because of that, we know that when we die, we will enter the kingdom. And so we don't have to be concerned with our power, with our possessions, with our prestige. Our happiness doesn't come from those things, which is so what the world in every different category wants to talk about. I mean, right now you think whether you're Republican, Democrat, or something in between they're all arguing for what they believe is just for what they believe is right for what they believe will bring yeah. about the best life here on earth and what we understand is that i don't need any of that and we have everything in heaven with god yeah. like I'm, I'm getting ready this week matthew 23 looking uh looking at that text and in that text jesus Uh, He rebukes pretty hard the Pharisees. That's the one where he gives like those seven woes to the Pharisees. Uh, But he paints also a picture of the Christian life. And he says in Matthew 23, 12, that the humble will be exalted. Those who are exalted now will be humbled. And the idea is, is that those who are exalted now, those who find all of their pleasure, all of their treasure, all of their happiness right now in Mm. this life, they're going to lose everything. But the one who says I don't need any of this because I have Jesus now. Yeah, they gain yeah. everything in Christ. And so, yeah, I, I love the blessed spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the one blessed are those who mourn. I think the mourning, it really talks about that new mind that we have now in Christ, that now we we love the things that Jesus loves. We hate the things yeah. that Jesus Let's hates. It. Like I, I, couldn't, it. Well, I couldn't help but go like, like I love what you were saying. Like we go back And we go forward like, so what did this look like in the Old Testament? Well, like in Psalm 119, uh, 136, the psalmist says, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Yeah. And like in the Old Testament, we see that God's people, they wept. Because yeah. of their disobedience, in Psalm forty, verse twelve, for evils have encompassed me beyond number, my iniquities have overtaken me. He says, "I cannot see." His eyes are just watered; he he can't even see forward because because he hates the fact that he sinned against God, and, yeah. and we see yeah. that also in the New Testament. Paul in, in Romans seven twenty four, wretched man that I am, yes, who will deliver this body of death? And so, what I love is that is that this text does does multiple things one there's some people who think that when we come to christ like we're perfect we don't sin anymore um and there's unbelievers who who talk to christians like well how dare you sin You're, you're a hypocrite but right here we have an understanding that in this time while we're waiting the return of jesus we still wrestle with sin. But yet, it's how we respond to that that matters. And when we yeah. realize that yeah. we sin, do we mourn? Do we realize that when, you know, we yell at our kids or we're short with our wife or, you know, we're, we're angry, we're impatient, that first and foremost, we sinned against God? And does that break our hearts? I mean, I have to admit, not always. Like, I want, I, I wish I could say yeah, yeah. every time, man, I'm just mourning <laughs> over these. No, there's there's sometimes... I'm not. Yeah. And, and I need yeah. to be shepherded in that. I need to be encouraged in that. I need to be reminded of, of really what Jesus has done for me and then how my sin has offended him. And in fact, I mean, that's a little bit yeah. what we talked about at our last time, isn't it, Bobby? Just with uh, you kind of shared about um, how you walk through the gospel when you sin and how that reveals your unbelief. And then how that mm-hmm. brings you back to praise and worship of Him. So,
1: yeah, I, I and I think that's part of it. Is we mourn when we see our sin, we mourn because <laughs> we've we've traded uh, we've traded a greater treasure for a lesser treasure, right? Uh, or, or we put we put a, a different redeemer. Uh, a less powerful one, <laughs> compared to the all-powerful uh, Jesus, who is King, yeah, you know, in His place, and and so, man, um, when we mourn over our sin and over this, even over the sin of others, you know, over the sin of our nation, uh, over the sin of our people, over the sin of our church, do we do we pray? Do we mourn corporately over uh-huh. our own sin? You because know, God deals with with corp people, people groups. Um, and individuals, um, and, and no, I don't think we do, especially here in the West. You know, that's, that's not our, um, that, that's not just how we operate. We're so individualized. We're, we it's a very individualistic type nation. Um, but when we mourn, we're weeping because we've traded in, in our hearts, um, we, we, we've we've traded treasures um, and we're treasuring things that that, that don't fill um, and so so I, I that's that's repentance to yeah. me that that morning is this repentance that um, oh God forgive me for I recognize that you are the greater treasure um, that you you are the king of the earth Um and And yet, somehow, some way, <laughs> uh, because I'm still in my flesh, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of, of death, right? Um, uh, we mourn that because we recognize the truth yeah. uh, about who Jesus is, about what the kingdom is. Um, and we, we long for that, we yearn for that. Um, you know our, yeah, I, I know that when my my kids
0: they do something wrong, and I say, okay. "Hey, who did this or who hit their brother or, you know, something. And it's always not me, not me. And we're so, we're so afraid of being caught. We're so afraid and and shamed of, of our sins coming to the surface because, you know, for multiple reasons, you know, it shows that we're not perfect. It shows that we, that we're guilty. Um, And yet here, Jesus is saying, you'll be comforted. It's okay when you confess your sins. It's like 1 John 1:9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. And he's literally saying, because your points, because you are my child, you are my citizen and my kingdom. When you confess your sin, you will be comforted. When you mourn over your sins, there is joy. You will experience the floodgates of God's grace coming upon you. And so I just. It's like an invitation to repent when that goes so against our sinful nature to be, to be exposed in that way. And yet Jesus is saying, oh, it's okay. Like in in Revelation 7, he talks about, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Just talking about this picture is when the saints come into the kingdom, uh, when Jesus returns. And, and I think we experience that wiping of the tears every time we come and we mourn. We, we we experience the embrace of the gospel, the embrace of our King.
1: Well, hey, that reminds me of a song by Shanene and Shanene. Is that where you go? <laughs> oh, man. I think you should have uh, named your daughter Shanene. I, I should have named my daughter Shanene and there would have been good reason for it. Uh, so They have a song, um, and there's a bridge in the song that says, If all I ever get out of laying my life down are thorns in the shape of a crown on the brow of a man from Nazareth. If all I ever get is is what he has said and and did within my heart, uh, then I have it all. I get it all. Everything is mine. Uh, and, And it just puts forth the idea that Jesus is our treasure, uh, that he he is a treasure better than the world, and we are saved to a person, um, and so we're saved to our King. Uh, it, it, it isn't um, it isn't the it isn't the, the things we get in heaven, or even even the wrath that we're saved from, that that makes heaven so wonderful. It is the person we're saved to. It is it is Jesus our King.
0: You know, I like how you how you say that, um, because that's, I mean, in Ephesians 2, 7, it talks about how for all of eternity, God will continue to lavish his grace upon us. Yeah. Like we yeah. will never cease to experience his grace. We will be forever satisfied. I, I was talking to my kids the other day, and we we're talking about just this infinite happiness that we will continue to experience. And and the only reason that happens is because of the God that we serve. He's infinite and he's infinite in his love and his goodness and his mercy and his grace. And so we'll be there for a thousand years, a million years, and we would still experience just the, we'll still be satisfied in his grace, satisfied with who he is. Um, Hey, let me, uh, let me read just a quote from D.A. Carson. I just found it helpful um, and kind of a good reminder as we, as we make our way through these Beatitudes. But he, he, said, uh, he said, diligent readers, often cherished writers and speakers, can capture a complex position in a single, polished gem of a statement. Such aphorisms are especially telling when they first become public. Unfortunately, once an aphorism has been widely disseminated, it is in danger of being domesticated. A trained poodle that is dragged out with the circumstances require it when the circumstances require it For many Christians, this is what the beatitudes have become. We are so familiar with them that the words can glide piously off our tongues without disturbing us. Yet each of these beatitudes is a revolutionary aphorism, and together they can when properly understood utterly overthrow secularism and radically transform insipid Christianity and I think that's my my hope not only for mm. me but just for our time as we as we go through this is that I, I don't want I don't want to just walk through the Sermon on the Mount I don't want to marvel at just its beauty or uh, the way that it speaks of the Christian life. Mm. But to really understand this is the way our King has called us to live, because this is the way His Spirit is working in us, that we would represent our King. And that as we do this, there's great joy, there's great treasure in living out the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Yeah. Well, and and the way we're called to live is absolutely upside down from the world. And it is counterculture to the world. uh, Because the world would say that, that those those who are confident those who are proud um, those those who are confident in themselves right they're the ones they're the doers they they're the ones who, who go get it uh, they're the ones who who rule they're the ones who reign they're the ones who um, who have possessions um, and and yet you know it's there's the, they're, they're self-dependent right independent and yet God in, in his goodness uh, Cause us to be dependent on him right uh, to be poor in spirit to be humble um, it, it's just it's a complete contrast uh, yeah. that's good
0: and I, and there's and that's where the blessing is
1: yeah yeah the blessed
0: not that we earn it by doing these things but because no. of what God has done to us there's a blessing in that as we live this out so Well, hey, man, uh, let's uh, we want to encourage if you're listening to us to journey with us through the Sermon on the Mount uh, as we wrestle through how it affects us and how we just look at how the Sermon on the Mount speaks into our culture and what it means for us as Christians to live as light, as salt and light in this world.
1: Mm. Um, You want to close us out today, bud? You bet. You bet. I'll pray. Lord Jesus, um, we praise you as our king. Remind us, oh God, that we are kingdom citizens who belong to you. Remind us, oh Lord, that that the way we are to live is, is going gonna, is gonna to be the fragrance of death to the world. Yet, Lord, it is fragrance of life to those who are being saved. And so, Lord, help us not to be wrapped up in what the earthly kingdoms of the world are doing. That, um, the earthly kingdoms that perish, Lord. Uh, but let us live out, let us be kingdom citizens, Father, uh, of your eternal kingdom. Lord, draw us to humility, draw us to repentance, draw us, remind us, Lord, that we are poor in spirit, that there's nothing that we have, Lord, that that earns our salvation. In fact, the the, the work of God is this: that we believe in Jesus the Son, who came on our behalf, who lived the life we couldn't live, who died the death we deserve who bore the wrath for our sins, who reconciles us to the Father, who has redeemed us, the Son of God who has risen from the dead, declared victory over our sins, paid in full the debt that we owe. And it's because of you and only because of you, Lord, that we are kingdom citizens. Lord, may we also be a people who mourn over our sin, who hate um the evil, Lord, that 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 lies in both in our flesh and the world around us. And may we be prayerful people who are waiting for you, who pray for your coming. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Satisfied. And we encourage you. Uh, we encourage you to jump on our... You can. Oh, I totally messed yeah, this up. The website. Can, the website. There's a thing. Blah blah. We blah, have a website, blah, blah. and it's cool, and you should check it out. Bobby, what's <laughs> the name
1: of that website? <laughs> www.satisfiedinchrist.life That's dot l i f e. Hey, we encourage you to hit the like button on it. Also, uh,
0: just as you do that, it just uh, helps other people to be able to see it. Um, just that so other on. people get to hear the the gospel message. And uh, we encourage you to share the podcast. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, lots of beans, lots of pods, lots of of vegetation.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: Probably some other stuff, too. Uh, But hey, (laughs) uh,
1: we're going to go now. We're going to let Mitch take it away. Take it away, Mitch.